0: Hello and welcome to MarketScale's first healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Evan Bentley, and today we are taking a deep dive into electronic health records software. I have with me Chris Langhau. He is the executive vice president of ChartLogic based out of Salt Lake City. Chris, healthcare can sometimes be a tangled web that's not easy to understand. Luckily, there's software that is rapidly helping us smooth things out. Thank you so much for joining us and helping us talk through this today. Thank you guys for having us. Uh, We're very happy to be here. Absolutely, and these are some tough topics for a lot of people, Chris. Medical records, understanding healthcare. These are uh, news items that get thrown around every day, all day, and everyone may not understand exactly what they're getting into or what they're reading. So let's try and at least start at the beginning. The difference between EMR and EHR, those are two big buzzwords that we hear in the news and that we hear in healthcare, EMR and EHR. Can you tell the folks at home what the difference is?
1: Well, they're used fairly interchangeably uh, throughout the industry. I mean, everybody has to tune in their vernacular to your point. EMR typically is just that medical record, right? Just the, the chart, if you will, or the charting only, whereas the EHR would be like the full suite with e-prescribing, labs, ordering systems, uh, portal integrations, et cetera. So it's a, it's a more comprehensive uh, term. But uh, careful with word because uh, they like to murder it and it replaces it with her instead of EHR. So once you train that, your life gets a little easier when using that phrase.
0: So let's talk about the innovations then. ChartLogic being one of many companies that have taken the EMR format, like you said, the charting, and then growing it into an EHR at a full service suite, helping to manage not only part of the physician's office, but most of, if not all of it. What are some innovations that have come over the past few years? What are we seeing today? What might be coming in the early parts of 2018 as far as a full EHR suite?
1: One of the biggest challenges for all the companies out there today, our sauce included, is a lot of folks have written technical debt, meaning they're on uh, aged platforms. They're trying to get into interoperability or trying to bring things together. Uh, There's a lot of roll-ups occurring of various uh, companies filling gaps in areas where maybe they don't have that current functionality or maybe they went to uh, buy it instead of build it over time. So basically I see uh, more interoperability with outside partners, the 15 incentive and other meaningful use roads have been laid to kind of get folks to play more seamlessly together to improve the overall experience for the patient while driving maximum revenue for the, for the physicians, of course. So moving to a more integrated suite that has current technology that plays nicely with other technology to, you know, not get in the way of patient care is kind of the heart of it, or the, the main pulse, if you will.
0: Yeah, you bring up an interesting point with not getting in the way of patient care, and, and I think that's what I've heard myself in, in understanding that there's physician shortage and uh, not maybe enough physicians to see the patients in the way that they would like to be seen or the care that they need. So. We do know that physicians have their PhD, but we also know that most, if not the vast majority, do not have their MBA either. They're healthcare providers, not business owners. Uh, So they need to focus on improved patient care. They need to focus on transparency between patients and doctors uh, and themselves. More patients uh, that you get to see, of course, helps the overall revenue, but also being able to have a streamlined communication between the office and the back office and the patient. So how can implementing an EHR And and the different nuances that are coming out today really help to streamline this process.
1: Well, you know, with our products, again, one of the themes are kind of our tenant, you know, is to make that workflow seamless. Right. And I think a lot of folks claim they have a good workflow. But when you have a disjointed offering um, and you haven't really put a lot of thought through like the persona or you know, the front office or the MA or the nurse or the physician or the back office or how that integrates into hospital settings. I think that you get lost there, right? We focus on a lot of customization uh, that puts the power back in our customer's hands so that they can kind of have some control of the workflow. So when we get into large sophisticated settings, you know, they, they understand that and we work with that leadership team to, to make that happen. Whereas in some of the uh, smaller ambulatory practices or physician-owned practices, looking to us to kind of help you know be change agents and and improve that overall experience so focus on the workflow helps to you know make them more efficient ultimately
0: they can see more patients and drive more revenue right in the end we just want everybody to be healthy and the more patients seen and the more healthy of course we can make everybody and the the doctors of course are compensated fairly as well everybody wins everybody's happy the idea of a one-stop solution uh what have physicians told you they are really looking for now now that they know that there's offerings out there that can help them run their practice that they don't have to do everything themselves they don't have to work those 70-hour weeks um, of course doing all all the paperwork uh, for the business as well as their patients what are some ideas that physicians have had that chart logic has, has tried to implement
1: well i mean you look back at the full revenue cycle right and and, and how you might have a different uh, practice management or billing and scheduling vendor and a different lab vendor and a different ehr vendor or any of the many components that make up the full package if you will and so looking at the full revenue cycle from the patient checking in or registering all the way through full care you know and getting back to their lives that's what we're really you know really trying to accomplish now so having uh one vendor they, they don't have to, you know, point to, you know, fingers back and forth when there's an issue that can just manage and escalate if need be to take care of their problem because, no, you know, no physician office staff or physician themselves wants to call and, you know, have to deal with the tech support group. So, you know, solving the problems, uh, engineering out the issues of the software and then keeping it as seamless as possible, you know, and and in one uh, call center, if you will, when issues do or can
0: arise, uh, That that's that's really the theme of it. Now, Chris, you know, I mentioned earlier a, a shortage of physicians across the country, and, and the stats show that uh, this is only going to grow as time goes on. Um, and with, with the shortage of physicians means the hospitals and health systems are trying to buy out practices and sign physicians away from their private practice or groups. Um, do you see with the struggle of owning a business and also seeing patients and uh, being understaffed, more and more physicians going towards that route of being employed by a hospital, uh, with that, does the proper EHR technology really maybe stave that off for some, and some have been able to stay in the industry that they chose private practice uh, for longer or continue to be there now?
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you look at, You know, just the industry at large, right? I mean, we look at our number one attrition reason, and it's usually acquisition, right? I mean, if it's there's a problem, you know, we'll 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 engineer that out in the software, right? But uh, being more efficient, you know, and managing their practices better as a business, as you alluded to earlier, um, and you know, improving that overall healthcare experience helps, you know, patients or consumers as well, right? So improving that experience, you know, helps to build their brand recognition and maybe you know keep the wolves at bay if you will but honestly uh, a lot of the groups we see are, are being some of the smaller uh let's say not as well ran practices end up getting uh you know rolled up into these larger groups uh we see we see that you know pretty often and over the last three or four years it's probably been the primary reason of any kind of attrition we've you know that's out of our control ultimately uh What's interesting is we keep a good relationship. We're not, you know, we make, we, we're looking at the long game with our partners to, you know, cause people leave these groups and go back to being, you know, physician owned groups again. And so we try to make that as seamless as possible. And I think that's important, right? Um, also, you know, they, uh, there's often times where they don't get to choose what they end up using and they wish that they could have stayed on our products because position experience is just excellent per their feedback to us, of course. And they don't, you know, when they move to other systems, they're less than uh, efficient, let's say. So even though they get rolled up, even the large organizations oftentimes are suffering from similar uh, productivity or efficiency issues with the, you know, workflow or disjointed solution
0: they may have in place there. So Chris, as we talk about technology uh, and where that's advancing, it's, interesting that we're still using technology that's that's actually been there for quite some time in healthcare, uh, but now we're integrating it into different sources, namely in EHR. So let's talk about voice recognition. How does that fit into the uh, a, a EHR? What's Chart Logic's approach to that? Uh, what are we seeing with physicians and how they're interacting with this technology today?
1: Well, we've been using voice since the early, early days, like Dragon Dictate, you know, uh, you know, almost 20 years ago now. So basically, uh, it just is really fast. If you um, put the time in and, uh, you know, build some, temper- some templates and macros, if you will, you could really get efficient. We've seen like sub 90, 60 second notes. Uh, but you kind of need to understand how that voice recognition works, right? It, it isn't... Uh, Uh, you know, it it can make errors. And a common misconception I've seen historically is, you know, you ask a physician, well, what's an acceptable percentage on voice recognition, right? Uh, 95%, okay. So if you dictate 400 words, right, that's 20 mistakes you're going to have to correct. So it's all about perspective. So we found as a medium, it's absolutely efficient. It's incredibly fast. Uh, We've done some really creative things in uh, in in browsers or in web enablement that I've really pushed the limits earlier on, where there's native command and control, because most uh, most companies at this point, in our industry, have got on the voice bandwagon, and they're usually using whatever native command and control uh, comes with the package. Whereas we've you know hard coded some things that provide command and control native to the application, and actually can navigate through. You know, without having to touch the keyboard much at all. But the balance is, you know, which I've noticed personally over the last many years is, you know, younger physicians coming out of school that can type 120 words a minute, that voice recognition might slow them down. It just really depends on the context and the individual and uh, (laughs) their patience level when it comes to making corrections. There's some things we can do with our software to, you know, have some typical things listed out that they create, let's say, in a template format where they have, you know, other smart text related information that they can drop rapidly to make a simplistic note into a very complicated note without a whole lot of effort. Our current production products that, you know, we're we're deploying here uh, and our evolutionary products are all uh, responsive. So... When you start looking at different form factors, and you go from your from your phone to an iPad to a desktop, you know things that would normally be more intuitive to use. Uh, one of the other input mediums may not be as effective, right? So you have to scale that, that application down depending on the form factor and the need of the of the physician. So being very responsive, being device and browser agnostic, and then being open to all the voice recognition technologies out there and what might come. Uh, you know, it's kind of the our approach in a long-winded way of answering your question.
0: Yeah, no, it's really fascinating technology. I mean, I can only imagine uh, what goes into creating this to make it so accurate for a physician's report when I'm messing with my cell phone trying to talk to Siri or, or, or dictate a text and it's just completely uh, jumbled up and it doesn't work at all. So, you being able to create uh, a software and a dictation that that is so accurate when you have um, medical terminology I think is is really really interesting um, and I think that's only going to get uh, more intense as as next year progresses in 2019 2020 and that technology gets even better and I, I want to stay on technology um, we kind of touched earlier on on uh, patient uh, patient reviews and and quality being such a big deal in today's age both for compensation for physicians and also penalties uh, Talk to me about patient engagement and reputation management. There's so many tools now uh, for the physician, but also for the patient um, on both sides of the EHR. The EHR, moving on, and evolving from from an uh, MER, uh, just offers so much on both sides. Uh, Where does the patient engagement start and reputation management start, and how can an EHR really help to uh, streamline this for both parties?
1: Well, I think uh, on the engagement side, I think the evolution is pretty clear. I mean, just take like a portal, for example, right? Just as an engagement tool where, uh, you know, you had a real simplistic, very early stages of meaningful use centric solution that was implemented that has now evolved into much more than that, where, you know, we're looking for like text interactions for, you know, uh, prescription refill uh, requests, appointment reminders via text, uh, you name it. I mean, it's it's. uh, It's what the expectation is. I mean, I look at even myself as a patient and and my expectations, right? Outside of just being a technologist, you know, you, you, we're in a world now where that's everybody's on a phone practically. So you kind of got to adopt that, or you have to look into that, um, medium as a real, uh, means of communication for patients and physicians, or even within, you know, a physician practice, let's say, uh. On the management side, that's a very interesting topic because like we had talked about earlier at the valuation and other things that, a, uh, you know, how a physician owner or an ambulatory group, you know, as they grow their brand, when you start looking at, you know, healthcare almost like uh, like like Amazon, right? You look at a, a physician practice almost uh, like a retail where the power is now in the patient's hands and they're going to take a look and they're going to look at health grades and they're going to see how well... Physicians in their network stack up and they as consumers may look around in the near future here on You know if all these various doctors are in my network and you know based on What my you know my portion is I'm going to have to pay out of pocket I get a better deal at you know uh, Practice a than B and the physician ratings are similar. So I'm probably as a consumer going to go with practice a so I, We see a trend uh, you know we've been involved with other forums where we hear this from other you know smart folks and I believe that it's only a natural evolution that's occurring as we speak
0: I think healthcare as Amazon is maybe the more 2017 2018 thing that i've I've heard this year with Amazon taking over everything I'm, I think it's only a matter of time before Amazon is actually employing physicians for us as well uh, you know speaking of online um, and these and these trends this actually makes me uh, wonder uh, telehealth as we all know, is becoming more and more of a trend. Um, it all ties back again; everything ties together. Physician shortage, wait times. Hey, I can get in to see a doctor you know through my online tablet or through my phone. Uh, do, where do we see this tying in with EHRs in the future? Telehealth apps, apps for devices. Where is this all going?
1: It's it's there now. I mean, we uh, we as Medsphere, right? So we're part of a large organization that has the full in outpatient experience, and uh, we're committed to. You know, uh, improving health care, uh, even as humanitarians, right? We have a lot of uh, hospitals in impoverished areas and, and even remote in some cases, very remote. So, you know, having that capability brings better care to that physician or that that, that patient community in these rural areas because se- specialists they wouldn't otherwise have been able to see or, you know, old doc jones or whatever right (laughs) who's a general (laughs) practitioner may not be their uh, ent go-to or dermatologist so you know these are very elaborate machines that continue to evolve that tie directly into the systems that bring specialty care uh now without having to fly or you know commute some physician in you know great distances in some cases to take care of uh, patients
0: wow so there's, there's so much going on behind the scenes that, that things that I might think are in the future are already happening. And so that's, that's really exciting for the future of, of medicine um, from somebody coming outside the healthcare world, just knowing that these things are already evolving. You mentioned MedSphere. I know that's ChartLogic's parent company. Um, what has been the story with that merger? Uh, what opportunities is that bringing towards ChartLogic as your company? And uh, what does that mean for the future of uh, this electronic health software?
1: So Medsphere uh, has been primarily inpatient for a long time, and, and, and they also provide uh, services to outpatients. But going back to that one-stop shop, right? We have the full inpatient uh, EHR, billing, scheduling. Uh, you know, managed IT services, uh, outsourced billing for institutional professional. And, uh, and we are collaborators, and we brought in the ambulatory space because we have our own suite of products to handle every imaginable aspect of the physician business and a physician-owned practice or in the ambulatory space. So it was a perfect union where we have a complete offering, similar to like a Cerner Epic, if you will, where we are not commanding Cerner Epic prices yet. You know, We are equal to or better than in some cases, uh, now and as we continue to evolve we are building integration now to uh, reach not like so that full experience even for the patient the continuity from the physician practice let's say an orthopedic surgeons office you go in for you know uh, uh, H&P you do your pre-op and then you you know go to the hospital and your, your, your data is already exchanged orders are being you know made as you as you check in things are being ordered instantly when you arrive and then that physician after the operation is able to see their op report and do everything they need to do in that in uh, you know in that scenario seamlessly through you know one product. So we basically provide a global solution uh, for in and outpatient, uh, acute care, uh, rural community health centers, and you know we even have uh, international opportunities as well as uh, you know VA work. Uh, with with uh, the Cerner Evolution as well as Indian Health Services, so you know it it basically is more than other alternatives we might have partnered with. We partnered with a organization that we complemented versus just joining something that was bigger than us. Uh, now we really um, are leveraging real domain expertise, and we're bringing on more companies as we speak in twenty eighteen.
0: Super exciting. And, you know, as I've learned that the future that I think is the future is already now. So, so Chris, last question before we let you go. And again, thank you so much for joining. Tell me about the future future. What do you foresee happening in this realm, uh, in this market segment? What's going to be the newest technology? What can we expect moving forward?
1: I think uh, um, focus is starting to shift. I think that uh, patient centric. As, as consumers will start to drive uh, what, you know, the technology companies begin you know, are, will, will eventually evolve into. And uh, as we talked about earlier, I believe that it will only continue to roll up with the 2015 cert and ongoing regulatory demands. You know, the, the thousands of mom and pa shops throughout the United States uh, are, you know, they just can't keep up with that. So, you know, companies will continue to roll up Um, lesser companies which may not be an awesome experience for the for the patients so uh, you know all that said I think we are you know uh, we want to improve patient care and we want to improve the bottom line for our for our customers so it's a balance but um, looking towards patients as consumers I think is really uh, where things are trending now.
0: Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insights today. For more on the world of EHR software, you can go to chartlogic.com. And for more on the world of healthcare and what's going on, the latest news, you can go to marketscale.com, go to the industry publications, and again, click healthcare. This has been Evan Bentley. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.